0: University of the Nations, YWAM, and they've um, finished a very intensive Bible course. And this is their practicum out here. And so um, I want to introduce them. They'll be staying with us. Thank you uh, for those who brought the um, um, air mattresses. We have another team coming in next week, so we need three more. Anybody can, okay? So why don't you guys come up, and um, they've been bubbling together, so we're just going to, um, they can just stay together, and I'll get a mic Yellow one, Ide? Okay. Okay, I don't know where the button is. Oh, here it is. Okay, on this one. Okay, so they'll just say where introduce themselves, say where they're from, and um you'll get to know them better as they mingle with you afterwards. Okay.
1: Aloha. My name is Marcus and I'm from Norway. And uh yeah, we are just very blessed to be here with you guys and really looking forward to getting to know, know as many as possible better over these next couple of weeks. Hello, my name is Elise and I'm actually from Australia um, and I'm yeah, really looking forward to being a part of your church for a short time and getting to know some of you. Hello, good morning. My name is Paul. I'm from the Philippines. It is such a blessing to be here. I'm really, it's so encouraging when meeting Pastor Daniel welcoming us to the establishment last night. I'm kind of excited to meet, uh, I can't say all of you, but for the most part, you know, as much as I can. <laughs> good morning, everyone. My name is Jordan. I'm from Southern California. And I just want to thank you all for having us here. Thank you for hosting us, I'm excited to get to know you. Yeah, thank you guys.
0: Hi, I'm Bella, I'm from North Carolina, and they stole all my lines, but I'm also very excited to be here and excited to get to know everybody. Okay, you're welcome then, thank you. Thank you guys. So this really um, just goes right with what I'm going to share about, what Steve's going to share about, what Jenny shared about. I like how the Lord coordinates everything. And, you know, just continuing on what I was sharing about last week about spiritual growth and how we grow, that we need good food and exercise. We know we need both to grow, not just one or the other, right? need good food. But if you just eat, 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 no exercise, not healthy. You exercise a lot, but eat junk food, not healthy. So you need both together. And then when both are together, we just grow naturally. Like a tree, like Jenny showed that picture of the roots going deep down into the water of life. But we need to do that. That's part of the exercise. We got to stretch to grow and reach that water of life. And when we do... And we get the right nourishment and we, we go, You the fruit automatically comes. Okay, so again, don't worry about the fruits in our life. If we are healthy and strong in the Word and exercising, the fruit comes automatically with growth. And so, um, the best way I can, you know, explain how it comes automatically is... Uh, you know, maybe some of you might say, I don't want to give up this in my life. I really don't right now. But we, um, we want to please God because he gave us everything for us, the almighty, all-powerful God, so we can be with him in heaven together, place of perfect peace and joy and love. And, you know, maybe I don't want to, you know, give up this or I don't want to forgive someone or so on. But as we suggest, all our part is to choose and say, God, help me. Because I want to please you after all you've done for me. And even if I don't want to change, like I said, just start somewhere by saying, the truth is I don't want to say, forgive that person right now. I don't want to. But I know you want to, and me, me to and I want to please you. So I ask you, uh, to, can you put that desire in me? Because right now I don't even want to ask you to help me forgive. Start somewhere and you'll, you'll start growing. And so that's where we we need to go. And the best example I think I have of that is, um, you know, like when, when we were young boys, we hated girls. Ew. Ew. They don't like to play in the mud. They don't like to play football. They don't like to get dirty. They'll always tattletale on you. We don't like girls, and I don't know what's wrong with my older brother, because all he thinks about is girls, he's on the phone all night with girls, he's so stupid, (laughs) what's wrong with him, we will never do that, yeah, yeah, we make a pack. we never do that, and then you grow, and then you mature, and you know, your testosterone starts kicking in, all of a sudden, you didn't have to struggle, okay, yeah, now I got to like girls, it just comes automatically, for most of us, no matter what the news says, most guys, <laughs> it's the opposite sex that God did. that you start getting attracted to. He did that so we can raise a family together. And like you said, multiply and be fruitful. And so it comes automatic. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to say, yuck, I hate it, but I'm going to do it anyway. It just comes. And so the same thing like changing what we want to do. We'll want to start forgiving and loving. We'll want to start following Him and giving up the things in our life that don't. But we need to do that and the difference between growing naturally is we choose because God doesn't want slaves. He didn't want um, robots. So we have to choose. And that's all our part is though. Then we we'll start growing like that tree. It'll give fruit in its time. Okay? So um, this part of uh, Hebrews 5, it's actually called A Call to Spiritual Growth. And it says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. See we have to choose or we can stay babies. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. How to do what is right by God. Okay. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And through training, that's exercise, that's work, that's study, and that's how we will grow and we get more solid food. So I want to say again, um, make use of these people here who have just gone through a very intensive college Bible uh, course because they're here to, to teach, And so if you have a strange day off or, you know, I only can do it this time or my schedule changes this time, then um, talk to them and say, hey, are you free at that time? Can I have a, you know, study with you? So we don't have, you know, uh, an excuse for that because they're here to do that. So you can ask and get that food. And right and wrong, again, it's the tree of good and evil versus the tree of life. Okay, Right and wrong by God. Not the tree of good and evil I pick for myself, but what is life? And you can do the same thing and it can be life-filled or it can be your own self. You know, did, did, did God tell you to do that? That's why we need that personal relationship with the living word too. Not only that foundation, but the living word. So, you know, like I say... You know, Steve and Carly, the Lord said, come to Hilo of all places. And they were obedient. That's the exercise they came. And if God led, then there's life. If not, then there is no life. So the, the same thing can be good or bad. Um, Isaiah 55, 1-2 to says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, it's free. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Okay, where are we spending our time? And what are we eating? Why pay for food that does you no good? You know, certain things are a dead end. You know, like drugs, alcohol, pornography. They're all dead ends, right? Almost all the other things of this world... It's really a dead end, in, and so you. Why don't you do something that is good, that does good for us? And as you just choose, okay, God will change our desires, and will want to. Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. It's God's food is the finest. And like I said, if you don't want God's way right now, as you start doing, you'll grow, and pretty soon you'll, you know, you'll want it. And so. We need to, to do that. It's all here for us. God gave it to us, but we just need to choose. And Matthew 6:31 to 34 says, So don't worry about these things, the things of this world. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Don't worry about the, needing the things of this world. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Do you know that you can be still an unbeliever? As well, in other words, I don't believe God can solve my problems. That's unbeliever. In that sense, right? I don't think God can help me. I don't think He solve my problems. And so much of it depends on what we are eating. Okay. In other words, like she's going to be talking about other gods. But um, this scripture above that actually says that you can't serve two masters, you God or Mammon. And Mammon actually was a god of money and of the things of this world. There's a spiritual thing behind it, and so if we focus on those things, like we need to know what's going on in this world. But if you if it dominates us, okay, then like uh, you can be filled with fear and doubt, if you read and look at all the things of this world, what are we feeding ourselves? Yeah. Gods in our life having no God before us, other gods before us, you know, if you spend more time with that than with God, with these different things of the world, then they are up before our God. So we just take a look at it. Again, see it? repent if that's so ask God help me that's it okay no guilt if you do it out of guilt no brownie points okay you get it out of pride no brownie points fear I don't want to go to hell so are no brownie points it's only out of love because he is love so we love God we want to please him we do things for others because of love if it's done for any other reason it's worthless because it's not from the tree of life So, continue, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek, not be perfect again, right? Okay, just our heart is, I want to follow you and please you, God, because I just appreciate you and love you for all you've done for me. We love him because he first loved us. That's what the Bible says. And live righteously, which is we repent when we fall, and he makes us righteous. And He will give you everything you need. And so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. If you find yourself feeling worried about anything, or insecure, fearful, okay? Then you need to look at what are you eating, where are you spending your time, It's most of our time on, you know, like we feeling like insecure because, you know, I don't look good enough or, you know, I'm, you know, um, I don't have the right things. Uh, Maybe you're spending too much time on the TV where the commercials, everything is trying to get you to say you're not good enough and you need more. Right? Or commercials on the internet or on Facebook. Those are all... Come in, in your eye gate, you're eating them. In other words, they become a part, you are what you eat. You're, you're, it's coming in, you're seeing all those ads, you're seeing all those things. And they're either about, you don't have enough and you need more of the world, or they're trying to entice you to sexual lust. You know, I don't know how these things get, uh, you know. I get an email and some girl saying, I'm lonely, I have this. And I'm like, how did I get this? They, it just comes. It's all around us. And so we have to focus on, on what we're eating. Otherwise, you'll, have, you'll feel insecure about the world, the future, my job, my family, what's happening? Are we going to have enough food in the future? Um, the economy is going down. prices are going up, And we can get fearful, insecure. And if we focus on God and we know more and more, have that relationship with Him, He's the almighty, all-powerful God and He loves me. And you exercise with Him, you'll see He will provide, He will make sure, He will work out all things for your good and you have more and more confidence. Till we have, don't worry. Okay? It doesn't say don't be prudent about it, but don't worry. You can't do anything about it anyway. Just do what we can. But don't worry, be fearful, insecure about it when we're secure in Him. We will have more peace and joy and love in our life because that's who He is. Love, peace, and joy. So if you're feeling that way, you know, and there's different times we feel that way and different things. Say, okay, God, what have I been eating a lot of to feel this way at this time? What have I been doing? And um, focus back on Him. So right now, make use of these people here to get all, you know, a good word and how to study the word on your own and so on. They can do that. Talk with them. Say, do you have free time at this time? And you know, this is when I'm free and get that now while they're here. Make use of what the Lord has provided for us. So Steve's going to continue more about the God in our lives.
1: There we go. Awesome. It was pretty amazing because um, like Pastor Daniel was saying, like uh, our spiritual growth is based on the things that we're bringing into our lives. Jenny had sent me these pictures to put up for the uh, jackfruit and getting our roots down deep into the things that are going to bring us life, life-giving water. And uh, Pastor Daniel was uh, sharing about our spiritual growth and that where are we getting our food from? Are we getting it from the things of this world that are going to cause our troubles and different things? And so I wanted to point out some of these perhaps rocks or things that are in our gardens of our lives or these roots that need to be uprooted so that we can have a relationship that is uh, not based on worldly wisdom, but on godly wisdom. So I wanted to point out a couple a couple things here uh, in examples. But I wanted to start with uh, uh, where I'm coming from. When something is made an end of in and of itself, rather than as a means to God and God and His goodness, it is often to, it has taken the place of God in our lives. Sorry, I stuttered my way through that, but it's behind me. So. When something is made an end in and of itself, rather than as a means to God and His goodness, it has taken the place of God in our lives. Oftentimes, these are beautiful and noble things. And so I'm going to be talking about some of these beautiful and noble things, but I wanted to give you a scriptural basis. And it was so fantastic when Jenny sent me the the water pictures because I'm going to be reading from Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 4 to 13. And I'm going to be reading from NLT. It's not normally the translation that I, I read from, but I like it when you're reading for the story rather than for like a word study or something. It's going to give you the overview of really what's happening in an easy to read fashion. So if you flip over to Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 4, we're reading from NLT. Um, oh, and I'll give you a quick setting here. Israel is unfortunately going into all idolatry. They served Yahweh, that's the name of God. Uh, They've been serving him, but they've started to incorporate the beliefs of the peoples around them. They've started bringing in these uh, ideas and even some of their idols and some of their uh, uh, cultural things that are linked to these gods. And it's been hurting them. And it's caused their hearts to turn away from God, so much so that they're oppressing the poor. They're not pursuing justice. They're turning away from God, and they are... Uh, well, you'll see broken cisterns. So let's start here. Uh, Jeremiah is warning the people of Israel. Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, Jacob, all you families of Israel. What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stray so far from me? They worshiped worthless idols. Sorry. Worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us safely out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, a land of drought and death, where no one lives or even travels? And when I brought you into a fruitful land to enjoy its bounty and goodness, you defiled my land and corrupted the possessions I had promised you. The priests did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who taught my word ignored me. The rulers turned against me and the prophets spoke in the name of Baal or Baal. "'wasting their time on worthless idols. "'Therefore, I will bring my case against you,' says the Lord. "'I will even bring charges against your children's children "'in the years to come. "'Go west and look in the land of Cyprus. "'Go east and search through the land of Kedar. "'Has anyone ever heard of anything as strange as this? "'Has any nation ever traded its gods for new ones, "'even though they are not gods at all? "'Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God "'for worthless idols.'" The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. And so we're going to look at some of these cisterns that in our culture today and in our society and maybe even in our lives personally That we have decided to dig up and try and hold water and to get our sustenance from. But it's not living water. The the definition of living water in the Bible is fresh water that is moving. It's not stagnant water like a a swamp where the water doesn't flow out. The Dead Sea is another example of non-living water. It doesn't flow out anymore. Everything pours into it and it's stagnant. And so... Uh, God is our living water, and that is what is going to refresh. And many times we dig for ourselves these broken alternatives to house our water. So the first one I'm going to talk about today is religion. Religion and a relationship with God are not the same thing. Having good habits in our faith and in pursuit of following Yeshua, or Jesus, is invaluable but it is not a means in and of itself of having a personal relationship with Yahweh, our God. See, many people come to church because they think that that it's necessarily uh, required for their faith. They, They pray, they fast, they study, and they seek God through the means themselves rather than the end of God. And they focus on, I need to make sure I check my box of study today. I need to make sure I went to church this week. I need to make sure that I'm doing my fasting every now and then, just so I can check that box as well. But that is not what is going to save you. Our relationship is what saves us. Prime example of this, if you've ever read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's a group of characters, and as soon as I say the name, a bunch of images will come to your mind. But the Pharisees, these were people that had all the religion in the world that you could handle. They had all the laws. They checked all the boxes. They didn't walk too far on the Sabbath, so they didn't work. They only did uh, wash their hands and cleanse themselves, so they were ritually clean. And yet God, when, he, when he's standing in front of them in the form of Jesus, he's walking, talking, healing, performing miracles before the people that are claiming they worship this God, are missing him because the relationship isn't there. And they had dug these cisterns, as it were, to give them life through their rules and their religion, rather than the living water itself that is flowing right past them. We can become whitewashed tombs of good religious tenants, but be dead inside. Sometimes I find myself falling in that. How many of you sometimes feel like we end up having to check a box or go to church on Sunday or make sure that we prayed that day so we can feel like that's what gives us our sustenance, our living water? Do you know that uh, I used to work in the restaurant industry many years ago, Mm, 10 years ago about now, at a steakhouse. And while I was there, I was uh, was talking with the other employees. It was my first restaurant job. And the other servers there were talking with me, and there was something that shocked me when I heard it. They were talking about the Sunday church crowd. Have you guys ever heard about this? Did you know that Christians, when they go go out for dinner after church or lunch, they're the crowd that the servers hate the most? Some of them, anyways. Because they say they 're the most picky, the most grumpy, the most uh they come in all dressed up from church, they talk a noble game, but then as soon as there 's something wrong with their order, the complaints start flying. the meal goes back to the kitchen. The next thing you know they 're getting their the tip, but it 's two dollars on a on a fifty dollar bill, whatever it is, and they they develop we we unfortunately have a reputation of putting on this show, and we come together, and then when we're actually out in the world, it seems like it's ineffective. And so when we base our our faith off of the things, we got to make sure that it actually comes from life. Another one that I was going to talk about, reason and education. Another place that we go to to receive life from, and it's very important but it's not where we actually receive our life from. It's only a tool. By itself, reason and education doesn't lead you to a personal relationship with God or Yahweh or even make you a better person. In fact, education and reason without God can lead to justification for wrong or even horrible actions. And so one of the things that I was going to give as an example was uh, the Hitler... Uh, or sorry, Nazi Germany. Hitler's supporters during Nazi Germany um, were primarily the educated or kind of well-off people. They were the primary supporters. There was a study done by Peter Merkel of UC at Santa Barbara, and it showed that Germans with a high school education or university study were more likely to be anti-Semitic. It was so well known that another gentleman by Max Weinreich... Wrote a book, Hitler's Professors, outlining the extensive support that Hitler received from academia. Stalin in the Soviet Union, Mao in China, his major supporters were those that were educated or university level. Education does not lead you, and reason does not lead you to God. In and of itself, it is a dead end. You can use reason and education to further yourself towards God. It's good to understand Bible techniques. It's good to have deductive reasoning. But when we have these things as our be-all, end-all, and we look to them as our Savior, as many people do today, how many people have said we need better education in our schools to save our society? That's the big thing is a lack of education in our schools. We need better teachers, better curriculum. That's not going to save us. That's a broken cistern that cannot hold water. When a, if, you, if you go by reason alone, reason is a wonderful tool. But without a moral compass of God in your life and a personal relationship, it can lead you very astray. For example, say you want to get into an Ivy League school. Think about this. Without a moral compass, it is reasonable to cheat to get yourself into, admission, or into admissions of that school. Because, first reason, it will boost your grades and increase your chances if you cheat. And two, if everyone else cheats, I'm at a disadvantage so that I can't have as good a chance as those that cheat around me. Reasonably, without a moral compass, it would be better for me to cheat if I want to get to an Ivy League school. I mean, there's always the chance of being caught. But, reasonably, If it increases my chances, it would be better for me to do wrong things to achieve a good end. And so reason and education are not exactly the best things when they are away from God. Is it reasonable to adopt a physically or mentally challenged child? It is not reasonable. That's more of a challenge in your life than it is reasonable. But these are things that God has asked us to do. And when we have a moral compass of God in our lives... That is what leads us to use reason correctly. How many of us have put our faith in the education system or logic to keep us in close or keep us morally good and think that that is bringing us closer to God? Logic and reason without Yahweh leads to justification sometimes for very horrible actions. We must, as followers of Jesus, base our reasoning off of God and his, our relationship with him and his moral commands and what he says. Another one I wanted to talk about is love. Love must be defined by our creator. Love, if you live a life following what you love, away from Yahweh's teaching and instructions and definitions of love, you will find yourself lost. There's an unofficial video study that I did conducting by watching YouTube videos and different videos online. So this is a very official study. Um, But the gentleman was going around asking different people on the street uh, a a hypothetical question. He said, hey, um, if your house was burning down and the animal that you love and grew up with, your house pet, your favorite dog, is in that house, and that house is burning down, and there's also a stranger that you don't know anything about whatsoever is in that house, and you can only save one. Who do you save? And the answers have become increasingly shocking as people would say, Well, I gotta save my dog. I love my dog. See, the thing is, when we base our love off of or base our life off of love. It can be lost without biblical definition of love. God actually defined love. He said, greater love has no man than this, that one lays down his life for his dog. No. For another. Right? See, we cannot cherish the beautiful gift in lo- of love in and of itself as our moral guide any more than education or reason. It must be founded in our relationship with our Savior. And when you pursue love in and of itself, it can lead you very astray. For example, how many people you know love to do some horrible things sometimes, right? But if you say you love it, does that justify it? No. So don't dig yourself this uh, definition. We must be founded by the word God has said and our relationship with him and honoring the way he's asked us to live. Don't dig broken cisterns. What cisterns have you been digging for yourself? Honor? Are you looking for honor in this life? Is that what you're looking for? Science? Is science giving you the answers? Art? Money? Sex? These are all beautiful things that God has created for us to enjoy. Yet when absent from God, become compromised at the least and maybe evil at the the worst. So we need to be aware of the things that we are going to in our lives away from God. In the next little while, I'll probably go back to, uh, we've been working our way through the first commandment, or the commandments, and we're on the first one, have no other gods before me, right? So we're going to be talking about some of the other gods, not just these worldly gods of education and love and other things, but these, uh, these other gods that have seeped into our culture. And we'll we'll talk about those in the future. But for today, are there things in your life that are holding you captive that you're going to for sustenance away from the Lord? And so I just wanted to take, we've got 30 seconds right now. And I wanted you guys to just take a moment with the Lord right now and just ask. Are there things that I'm going to for life-giving water, but is really a leaky cistern? By the way, that's not a cistern. That's just a clay pot that's leaking. A cistern is like a well. (laughs) But I just wanted to give you the image of it doesn't hold. It doesn't hold life-giving water. So let's just take a moment. I just wanted you guys to reflect on your life and see if the Holy Spirit invite him to show those holes and those wells that we are digging. Heavenly Father, you have asked us to grow strong in you, to not just be babes that are desiring milk, but Lord, that we are ready for the meat of what you have asked us to be and to become and to grow into, to become strong, healthy. And Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that if there are things in our life, perhaps we're looking to our education, our family, our friends love in our lives, the things we enjoy, entertainment, whatever they may be, Lord, that you would cleanse us from those, that your living water would wash it out, Lord, that as we seek you in a relationship with you, that our hearts would become clean and pure and that we would get our sustenance, our very life-giving force from you alone. And we wouldn't look to these broken and leaky ways of the world to get meaning, to grow strong. Lord, they're dead ends. And so I ask in the name of Jesus that as HMC Ohana, as we pray together and we all search our hearts, Lord, that you would be kind and compassionate and gentle in the way that you reveal it and remove it in our lives. That we would be able to be seeking your kingdom first and your righteousness, and that we would trust that all these things like love and reason would fall into place based off of your moral compass. And so, Lord, bless this church that we would be clean, wonderful examples that when we go for dinner or lunch after church, that we would be the blessing that the servers look forward to. And, Lord, we just ask for your presence in our lives everywhere we go. We pray it in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite up the worship team. If you guys want to maybe do the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord, I wanted to give you the example I gave uh, a couple weeks ago, I think now, about the compass. Do You guys remember that? One day, I I was getting in trouble at home, and my brother gave me this word of advice because I didn't want to follow my mom and my dad's house rules and how to. uh, they had some things that they said, if you want to live at home for free and go to university... There's some house rules that you got to abide by to, to, to be here. And I didn't want to do that. So I decided to kick uh, back and get, a, get my hair all up in a bristle and show them. And I moved out because I was so strong. And as I'm doing it, my brother just told me, he said, Stephen, he said, without the compass, you can't have the freedom of the sea." and that's stuck with me ever since, is that without God as your moral compass guiding you where to go, you are stuck right along the shore, unable to go out and adventure the life of, uh, of, of the freedom of the world. You can go anywhere when you're on the sea. What, what, what part of the land is not connected by the sea? And so I just want you guys to think about that for a second, that God is giving you a relationship that has guidelines and morals and things that He's asking for you. And they're good because it allows you to have the freedom to live life as a blessing to others and not cause pain as you go around. It's as you enslave yourself and focus on, on, the, on what God has given you. And, and I know it sounds weird to say enslave, but it's true. You need to be like a bond servant of Christ. That's a slave of Christ. You're tied to him, doing what he's asking you and what the guidelines he's giving you. And that gives you the freedom in life to go where he calls you. It gives you the freedom in life to be a blessing to others. And so, what is your moral compass? Where are you going to? What's giving you your guide? Ask God. And as you uh, get those things uprooted, and you Go back to the living source, you'll have confidence, you'll have food, you'll be supplied. So we just pray that in Jesus' name that, that that would be the blessing in our lives.